Okay. Hey, everybody. This is Easter Sunday. We're doing our little weekly recap of the week in outrage, what's in the memes. Um, and if you're listening to this as a recording, you you can catch this uh, as, a, as a replay. But I also just wanted to let you know it's not the same as the actual podcast, which is called Outrage Overload. And it's a science podcast about outrage in politics and society and lowering the temperature. And that, that's a, ser- a more serious interview style podcast with scientists and researchers and authors and things like that. And we do this little weekly thing to kind of recap what we see in the week this week. I like, I like to look at the memes. What are people exaggerating about? And then kind of go behind the meme a little bit. And otherwise, we just kind of talk about other things we saw in the news that we, we thought we'd chat about a little bit. So I'm David, and I'm here with Lisa. Hi. So you're, are you saying that chatting with me is not like talking to a scientist? Better. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell your uh, scientists that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So I was just going to start with a thing about I, I got from our library. I guess there's um, they put out a little memo to, you know, everybody that's on. Our public library? Our public library, yeah. They put out a little memo saying that there's they're concerned about demand to censor library books. They said the ALA, which is the American Library Association, had nearly doubled from last year the number of censor requests uh, to 1,269 demands, highest number attempted book bans since ALA began compiling data about censorship in libraries more than 20 years ago. More than 2,500 unique titles were targeted for censorship. 38% 38% increase from 2021. Majority of the challenged books were written by or about members of LGBTQIA+. That's a lot of letters. Community and people of color, 41% of the book challenges targeted materials in public libraries. So I thought that was an interesting little thing for them to put out. That is interesting. It seems crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. And of course, they want you to reach out to your representatives. To tell them oh, seventy-five dollars, and we could they, stop this. They aren't doing the seventy-five dollars thing. They just oh, said okay. reach out to your representatives and tell them you want to protect your right to read. Protect my right to read. So, all right, then I. I um, why don't you? What? Why don't you t- take one, and then I'll I'll take it. I'll jump in on it. No, go ahead one. and do that, Jeffrey. Well, the other thing I saw yet. that I was surprised about that kind of just seemed to pop on my radar several times this week was somebody talking something about civil war, you know, in, in America kind of thing. You know, and it's sort of like saying, if we don't do this, we don't do that. Um, one of them was that Luddig guy, that Judge Luddig, who's a pretty far right judge who's kind of come out, you know, saying we're in a democracy crisis kind of thing. Um, and he would say if something about Something about I think if Trump does something related to his his uh, indictment and all that, then he, he is quote I, I I wrote down a quote that he that we would be on the verge of a civil war. So and again, I, it's hard to even tell what people mean by that. But I saw Vice talked about had an article somebody wrote called "The Far Right Is Calling for a Bloody Civil War," and somebody else, oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, said Democrats want civil war. They want to push us into reacting. So I just thought it was interesting that there were so many sort of references to civil war this week. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's, I mean. 
Yeah, and I saw uh, uh, Charlie Sykes has a podcast at the Bulwark, and he talked to somebody about this too. And I, I, uh, I might dive into that a little deeper and see if I can maybe talk to that same guy. Although he's already talked to him, so why do I need to talk to him? But it was interesting a little bit. I, I was going to dive into that a little bit. Okay. So yeah, so we, you talked about before that we we were kind of talking about what you said that you wanted to talk a little bit about what things try our our versions of what things were like pre-pandemic and oh, also yeah. sort of in the early days of COVID. Right. Situation came up where um, I found out that you and I differed drastically on what we, we thought pre-pandemic was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what, what, how would you, just, what were some things that remind you of like what, what life was like before? Before? Well, I mean, you just go wherever you want, whenever you want. You don't have to worry about We've always felt, well, we have always felt grocery carts were dirty. <laughs> yeah. So, but did we stop using them? No, but we, <laughs> you know, um, but I think you had a much more political view on it. But I mean. Well, I was trying to stay away from the politics and just talk about how, like what you said, I, I was talking about how you can get on a train and you wouldn't think that much about it, right? Even if it was crowded. Now you're always kind of second guessing whether I should be in a crowded space like that, right? Right. I took that plane trip and that was a uh, very odd where before we would have never even thought twice never about it. Before. Right. But, um, but also it's like the stuff that you brought up too. It's like, not just, I was thinking more like just what happened to us. I was much more self-centered in that thought, but you were bringing up that, you know, they were makeshift morgues in, you know, open space areas in New York city and, um, other places. Refrigerator trucks were just morgues and we couldn't keep up with the bodies. And and then, you know, I started thinking about that a little more and thinking, wow, why is every why is everyone so upset with the rush to vaccines? Didn't you guys like want a vaccine when this all was coming out? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, they had the under the Trump administration, they had that program. I forget what it's called. Right. But they had a name about, you know, fast, you know, they, and they, they funded a bunch of projects and, 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 and short, short circuited the, the approval process and stuff like that. And that was all under Trump administration. He's the one who pushed that in the beginning. Right. I mean, that was a good thing. Yeah. So fat, I, he fast tracked the vaccines. So what, at what point did um, pandemic policy become so politicized, so political where it wasn't like, Look, we're all going to get sick. We're, you know, all of us are affected by someone who died. All of us know someone who's getting sick. All of us have to, you know. Um, right. You'd think it would make us be all part of the same boat. Right. Kind of thing. Why, why did that backfire? Yeah. Well, that was the part of the question is, I mean, the, the, you know, my conclusion is it was, is because of that hate is so bad that even a, even a super ordinate threat like that isn't enough to bring us together like we just start seeing it in political lens pretty quickly because within a month people were mad within a month people were saying things were bad or didn't like the lockdowns they wanted to fight lockdowns and we didn't like the lockdowns right we didn't like them but i mean people were mad saying this is you know this is bad policy and and uh you know and they were fighting that and then pretty soon they're fighting everything they just started fighting every, anything that was proposed they fought it masks vaccines whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And so you, it was already politicized within one month. Yeah. Which and that seemed like, 
that wasn't getting turned around or around. But you, you know, you have to say, right. I mean, there's still that question of what could anybody have done differently? You know, how would you have handled it differently? Because the other thing about, you know, we were all kind of in a panic too. So, I mean, lockdown, they started doing lockdowns. So, you know, because people didn't know what to do. No. And you had, you know, you had massive numbers of deaths in China. You had lots going on around the world. And we were you like, had Central Park. Of well, that wasn't happening yet. But yeah, I mean, but I mean, yeah, the numbers showed yeah. this is where things are going to go. And, um, you know, so it's like so that they did lockdowns because they didn't know what else to do because we had no vaccine. We had no we didn't really have the med hospital staff wasn't really prepared for this. And those first versions of COVID, people got a lot sicker. You know, that first alpha variant made people sick. I mean, people are still dying every day from COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still more than pe people think. It's still more than, I think it's still quite a bit more than people die from, you know, because we used to talk about the flu kills 15,000 or something like that. A year. A year or some on big years and sometimes even more. And I think COVID now, COVID is still, I think, I don't know how many it is now, but it's, it's, it's a, you know, definitely it's less, less deaths. There's still a lot of people getting sick, but they're not getting sick the way they were with the first two versions of right. COVID, which was much it was less uh, infectious, but it was more lethal, severe. But yeah, it was is interesting. I mean, you know, because it's really hard to put yourself back in that space. Like we were panicked. I mean, the whole world is potentially going to get this thing and overwhelm hospitals, the whole thing. And so, you know, it, it's kind of like, what do you what do you want them to do? <laughs> but like I say, within a month, it was all. Um, it was all politicized. Right. And, and it just got worse. From and there. you interviewed that doctor um, student about, um, yeah, you know, that we should review what, which I think is reasonable, which is always reasonable that any, any, uh, any game plan always needs to be reviewed. Right. So, and you know, and you question whether it can be reviewed in a nonpartisan way, you know, that's part of the problem. Even the review will be taken politically, right. Or, People will feel like it's not fair, it's not right, it's the wrong people involved. You know, so how do you even do something anymore that isn't seen as political, even if you try hard to make it not political? Yeah. You know, it's really, it's really hard because people just see everything as political. It is everything as You know, and it's, it's like, if it's not like wherever I am, whoever I am, I think I'm the baseline. And anybody that isn't with me is extreme or I'm not going to believe, you know what I mean? So even if I'm pretty extreme, anybody that's to one side of me, is, I figure is the extreme ones. So it's like you try to put together a body of, of, a, of a representative set of, of people and people don't even buy that. So it's like they feel like, well, they're, they're, you know, they're not leaning the way I want. So it's not, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's everything's just so political it's just nothing can be looked at at face value and that's what's just so frustrating yeah you know, like these book bans are just crazy i mean but they're only happening in those i mean that's not they're not happening in our state yeah i'm not sure how that breaks down how these you know 1269 demands you know how that breaks down breaks down by state or area. Well, there was this article that this mom in this mom in Utah put a petition in to uh, ban the Bible because it's the most sex ridden um, book in the library. Well, and they talk about this HR five, this Parents Bill of Rights Act, which is going to make book bans easier. As apparently, at least they're saying. I haven't. I, I 
I don't know because I didn't that's research. That's a state or a federal? That's a U.S. Um, bill headed to the U.S. Senate. So, I have no idea whether it would go anywhere in the Senate or not. Yeah, but it's also like we Democrats have no control. Democrats can how are, how are they even how how do we even have a Democratic president? Because um, the Democrats can't get out of their own way. All this stuff is happening on and it happened on their watch. Right. Yeah, I mean it's it's um yeah it's 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 such a weird world with this uh, seesawing back and forth and you know you've got the extreme bases they'll vote the way they're going to vote then you got these independents that kind of vote based on they vote sort of they look at what the incumbent has done and decide whether they're happy or not so that's why incumbents sometimes lose because independents are fed up with that incumbent and they'll they'll go they'll swing one way or the other right um, you know, so that's that's like the way it works. The bases vote for their people, then the independents sort of look at the in, in, incumbent and decide if they're happy with them or not, and happy with the performance of the incumbent. Which half the time the incumbents have little to do with what happens, but they're, they're the one wearing the hat. They're the one with this, you know, it's got their color on the of in, being in leadership right now. And so half the stuff, some stuff just happens. Like it doesn't, you can't blame the party, but you're going to, right? Because they're yeah. they're in charge right now. I just can't believe it. It, it's it's even a thing. The book bans. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's like. Well, we talked before about this whole thing about how I'm, one of my pet peeves is as parents thinking they should control what the schools do to the level they want to. It's like, no, you're an idiot. You shouldn't be telling my kid what to learn. You you know, if you think it's that bad, sure, take your kid out and homeschool him. But I mean, you should not be telling my kid. You know, you don't you don't know anything about curriculum or. You know, you're just you're just a dummy like me, right? Yeah, that's all. You know, like I I don't know what. Well, we talked about we we're gonna um, maybe try to go to these school board meetings. Are they all done on Zoom now, though? I don't know, but I think you can go and somehow participate on Zoom or something if they're on Zoom. But I think they're in real life now. I don't think they're on Zoom anymore. So, well, I found this story. Yeah. So, um, let's see, what's my source? I need to make sure this is a, a good source. Ed Source News. Um, you ever have heard Ed Source News? Mm -hmm. So, this story says that social media has some significant upsides for teenage girls. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because I also saw some stuff about the sort of the opposite. There. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, how it? Well, so it has some upsides. I guess that's that probably true. Possibly always true, of course, because everything, often things have some upsides and some downsides. 80% <laughs> of adolescent girls surveyed by Common Sense Media. What's Common Sense Media? That sounds familiar. Yeah. It was like the ch children rating thing, right? They They do ratings on on content oh, and yes, they, they recommend what age group it should be and that stuff like that. It says uh, more than 80% of Allison girls surveyed by common sense media said that social media has a positive or neutral impact on themselves and their peers, according to a report by Bay Area based nonprofit released today. Funded by Facebook now. Yeah, really, <laughs> really. A majority of said it just connects them with their friends and help them find community and exposes them to positive messages about race and sexual identity. 
It even helps them find mental health resources. Um, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I mean, all that's true, but I just don't think that teenage teenagers are self-aware to enough self-aware to see what's uh, good for them all the time. Yeah. Cause there's also a study that I haven't really looked into how much, I don't know how much farther I'll take it, but there was also a study released that was talking about Gen Z has become more anxious and depressed since 2012. And, um, but, and teenage girls who are liberal, uh, are the most affected. They're the, they're the most depressed teens and, um, liberal teenage boys are in second in second place. Huh. That's interesting. So, but I found this other thing, that uh, this other um, article. You have something now? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just adding on to okay. what that you were saying there. Well, here's my article that I really want to get in depth with you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Harvard psychologists say, if you use any of these nine phrases, your relationship is more successful than most. Really? Yes. So before we start this test, I want you to tell me what you think these phrases are. I'm going to write them down and see if they actually. How am I going to pick a phrase out of millions of phrases that I could that it could be? Not going to give me multiple choice or anything. Nope. <laughs> think of a phrase. Just think of it. Think for a second. So I want to see if any what you think are good things to say, like. Nice talk. <laughs> nice talk. Make me a sandwich. <laughs> Make me a sandwich. <laughs> I'm going to write that down okay, write to see if down. it's on the list. See if that one's on the list. Yeah. Um, well, you know I know one thing we say all the time. Is this one on there? What are we having for dinner? <laughs> what do you want for dinner? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. What do you want? I'm, gonna, I'm making note of this. Well, you know, think of the phrases we say the most. What do you want no, to watch? No, no, no. This is for success. <laughs> I know. So I want to see if any of the ones that we use are on that list. <laughs> what do you want to watch? <laughs> Move over. Move over. <laughs> where are you going? We don't, um, I don't think say where you're going much. Yes, we do. In the car, when you're, I feel like you're, when we're driving. Oh, like I see you spacing out and I go, where are we going? You go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that. So, okay, well, so let's, you want to go buy it through one yeah, by one? Yeah, let's see a few of those are on okay. there. So, <laughs> as so the opening paragraph says, as a Harvard-trained psychologist, I found that the happiest couples don't avoid conflict. They navigate it by speaking to each other with appreciation and respect. <laughs> Who are these people? Where, where do they find these people? <laughs> you don't talk. No, when you fight, it's all, I mean, it's guns a blazing. <laughs> so I laughed at that. Yeah. I, I see a lot of marriages and due to a poor communication and unwillingness to change. Well, yeah. Okay. So this first one, I read this first um, that's supposed to make your relationship strong. And I laughed and I went, oh my God, if I said this to him, he would just. Like, who are you? No, well, also you're like going, uh, yeah, that is the most. That'd be like condescending cynical. Or, yeah, yeah, cynical yeah. bullshit. Yeah. So it's, um, I appreciate your effort. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm definitely going to use that. <laughs> That's number one. 
I don't know if that's the most important, but that's the number one. I appreciate your effort. Oh, I'm definitely putting that in the bank. That oh my god! But if you said <laughs> if you said that, that means like I'm gonna get smacked I have, right I have, in the head. I, like, I make this great dinner, or whatever, or stuff. That you go. I appreciate your effort. I would say. <laughs> that's not gonna work in this house. There would be some some uh four letter words flying. That's hilarious. And you would go, Oh, I better not get in that bed. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. I appreciate no, I appreciate your effort. Your effort. Not the effort. Your effort. Yeah, I mean I guess there is some context maybe, but still. Oh my God. Yeah. That's to me, that would set me on edge if you said that to me. Well, what if I said it to you? I mean, it does matter a lot in context. Like, how do you like the soup? And you go, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate yeah. your effort. That context that doesn't seem to work very well. Or it's like, also, it's okay. So, like, you come home and like you did the dishes or whatever. Oh, I appreciate your effort. That just means, that means I, they, right. I think you did a shitty job. Right. But yeah, that's an underhanded compliment. That, there is, ever was one. that is a smack. <laughs> yes, that's all. It says it's temporary. It's appreciate your effort. And there, the the explanation oh, is that it's tempting to become overly focused on things you don't like about your your partner, and point them out at every chance you get. But it's important to highlight the good things in their actions. Happy couples express gratitude to each other's efforts. Well, we do that. No, but, but not, not with like that, that. Not with that phrase. But also, when they says that you put gratitude for your efforts. Yeah, no, I no, don't like the efforts. No, 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 you just did it. Like, right. Yeah, I, I appreciate I have, the result. I have to say that when you know when we you have a baby and stuff, and it's always everything's always on the mom. The mom takes care of the baby. The dad babysits. But I, I forget what our pediatrician said. No, he's he's a parent too. So with whatever he does, does. And so I just remember so many times when you bring the baby out dressed, oh, all wrong, all wrong, diapers on, all wrong. I just th those are the times I'd go. Well, I appreciate the effort. <laughs> go right back and redo it. Go fix it. <laughs> yeah. Here's some similar phrase. I appreciate that you work so hard to support our family. Okay, that sounds shitty too. It does. Yeah, that's another one of these backhanded things. I am grateful that you take the kids to school because it gives helps me get things done in the morning. Okay, well that's fine. That's fine. It's a little long, long winded, but fine. But that's also <laughs> like it's not like you tried to take the kids to right. school. You went to get donuts instead, and the car <laughs> broke down, and I got to come get you all and go. Well, I appreciate your effort. <laughs> nice talk. Nice talk. Great. So to me, that one is, and the bad part is, is we're probably going to use that a lot now. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh to me that one was that that does not going to make our relationship better. No. Second one is I like you. Again, good talk. <laughs> good talk. <right? laughs> the healthiest couples don't just love each other. They like each other too. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that whatever? Loving someone in an intense feeling of infection, liking is about seeing them for who they are and acknowledging the attributes that you enjoy about them. Or similar phrases are, I like that you are so passionate about staying healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I like how devoted you are to your hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so that one I thought was fairly benign, but whatever. Right. You can still read stuff into I, it. Yeah, totally. Okay, so we haven't got to your your uh, ones. Is, no, they, they were on the list. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. We still got more to go. I got here. more to go. Yeah. So number three is um, help me better understand this. Okay. I mean, mm, okay. in the heat of the moment, it's going to be a hard thing to say, but. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get that. Okay, every one of these phrases, I went. Oh, I could say that in so shitty. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah. Like, when I come back, come on, you did something stupid, or I did something stupid. Oh, like, yeah. Or like, if I did something stupid, you go, oh, help me under better understand. <laughs> well, I, I think you've literally said that to me when you like looked at something I put away in a weird way. You're like, oh, help me understand. You're thinking here. <laughs> Or probably with the kids. <laughs> guy kids dressed so kid. Help, help me understand. Help this. me understand how you think those two things go together. Yeah. <laughs> help me better understand this. We all have different upbringings, vulnerabilities, values, uh, beliefs that shape how we think relationships should work. If your partner reacts in a situation and reacts to a situation in a way that you don't understand, telling them that you want to know them better is a key to resolving conflict and bonding to a deeper level. <sighs> See, here's the thing. You'd also go, uh, uh, help me understand this. I go, oh, just move. I've, I've got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't want to have to explain myself. I shouldn't have to explain myself. I should already just know. Yeah, you should just know already. <laughs> yeah. Help me better understand. You should practice these phrases. I'm gonna. You have to send me this link. <laughs> Help gotta, me gotta better understand these. this. I got a lot, bunch of scenarios where I'm gonna need some of these. <laughs> <laughs> this is the similar phrases. I don't know why this, but okay. So when I'm gonna read the similar phrase, I'm putting my own spin on it, which is not <laughs> the con the context. Not of what it. they're looking no. for. No, the no. inflection, I'm sure, is not there. So, <laughs> I don't know why you why this is upsetting you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going please, to work. Please help me see your perspective. Where the where how we're gonna say is I don't know why this is upsetting you. And leave it there. You leave it there. <laughs> I don't know why it's upsetting you. <laughs> I or the the other uh, similar phrases. I want to work through this together, and I need to understand you better to do that. Uh, those those competing phrases or similar phrases to me are that is like yeah he's getting you, a, can, you can understand my foot up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be sneezing in his food from now on oh this is another one okay so this is a harvard study wait let me go back so this um um is from CNBC, Dr. Courtney Warren. Okay. And they're reporting on some Harvard study. Yeah. Okay, so here's number four. Okay. I'm listening. Okay. I, I realize that I am putting a bad inflection right. on putting, all these. You're putting I'm putting, spin on I'm it. putting very sarcastic. <laughs> Yeah. Once again, help me help me understand what you were thinking here. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. Disagreements are inevitable, but it's important to still support each other through active listening. You have to be willing to suspend your desire to be right 
or to get your point across. No, I don't. <laughs> no, not, I don't. That's not in your. That's uh, not, not, no. It's not in your vocabulary. No. Just no. <laughs> suspend your need to be right. <laughs> oh, and listen to these similar phrases. I'll stop talking now and really try to listen to your point of view. And you know what? I'm gonna. This is exactly how this is gonna go. We're gonna be fighting. I'll go. Uh, I'm going to stop talking now and I'm going to listen to your point of view. That's when I set my glass down. I get up and walk out of the room <laughs> exactly. and leave gonna, you sitting there. I'm not going to hear from you for like a week. That's right. <laughs> I want to hear your side of things, even if we ultimately disagree. Okay, that's fine. That's a little closer to a re real thing you could say. Yeah, but uh, the way we would use that phrase, even you would use that. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> can you take your earbuds out? I can hear you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll stop talking when you when you have some good to say. <laughs> okay, so this one number five is very important, and I how many are there? I think there's forty. <laughs> <laughs> no, number five is, um, and it's something that we always talk about. That there's only nine that um well we don't talk about it i just yell at you going why won't you say this can you guess it oh why won't you say this? you never say it i always have to say if you would just say it and mean it this would all stop like i'm sorry yes <laughs> <laughs> if you would just say i say it, it but then you say i didn't mean it because <laughs> you never mean it didn't you hear what i said if you said it and you mean it it would all stop it would all stop yeah even if you go, I don't know how we got to this, but I'm really sorry. But that's well, not. Is that on there? Oh, no. I, <laughs> I haven't read that yet. <laughs> oh, look at, yeah, here it says, when things don't go right or as plans, healthy couples know that both partners play a part in that situation. Oh, uh, do they? <laughs> Taking responsibility for our role in conflicts and genuinely apologizing is a crucial to repairing your rifts. I do say that apologizing does go a long way. Yeah. And and, and uh, I've tried to install that in your son and uh, and the kids and say, please just, just apologize. Just, it's just an, I'm sorry, just a genuine, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then here's the similar phrases. I didn't communicate my feelings in a respectful way to you. And I'm sorry to that. No, that's a bullshit. I'm sorry. That's a total bullshit. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's a fake. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, I'm sorry you didn't hear me properly, basically. <laughs> I didn't like the way you acted last night, but I also need to apologize for me lashing out. Mm. No, it still puts the blame on it's you. Still, still kind of that double. Yeah. Still puts the blame on the other person. Yeah. Right. Okay, so we only got a couple more left. You ready? Yep. Okay, we haven't got to. Um, what do you want for dinner? <laughs> or move over. <laughs> got those yet? Here we go. I forgive you. Can you forgive me? Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Is it? Forgiveness is hard. It requires being vulnerable, letting go of something that causes you pain, and changing your feelings towards your partner. Isn't forgiveness basically a promise just to forget? I forgive you. Let's just move on. Well, 
I mean, yeah, it's, I guess it's not hold a grudge, that kind of stuff, theoretically, right? Studies have shown that couples who practice forgiveness are more likely to enjoy longer, more satisfying relationships. Practice forgiveness, what does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. I guess you just forgive a lot. Don't get bitter. Similar phrases, I know we can't change the past, so I'm actively trying to let it go and move forward. That, that, that's, that's not a new one. That's supposed no, to be that's the similar phrase. The yeah. yeah. That means you did something. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to forget it. <laughs> right. I'm actively trying to let it go and move forward. Yeah, yeah it's not happening. <laughs> um, I can't change the past, so I'm going to make you suffer the whole time. I've made a mistake, and I'm trying to forgive myself. I hope you can forgive me, too. So what was the phrase, actually? I forgive you. Can you forgive me? Yeah. Whatever. That's dumb. Okay, here's number seven. Okay. I'm committed to you. Okay. Wait, no feeling on that one? Well, I mean, I don't know. Is that helpful at the time? Maybe, I guess. I just say I love you. Yeah. Being in a relationship is a choice. Reassuring your partner that you're still choosing to be with them and to work through challenges will help create a sense of safety and stability. Okay. So here's similar phrases. Even when times are tough, I still choose to be with you. Okay. You have some feels? Yes. <laughs> when times are tough, I need a time out in my room and you can't come in there. <laughs> I'm choosing for you to stay in a different room. Right. But I'm committed to you. I, don't, I think we probably have said that to yeah. each other, but... Not yeah. exactly in those words. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's have some fun. That's number eight. <laughs> Are we like second grade? Let's have some fun. Fun. Let's natural run. fun. Let's run down the hill. <laughs> Let's frolic. Let's frolic. <laughs> Let's have some fun. Well, we probably have said something. We say something. stuff like that, but I mean, when they have it in there, it just sounds like like you a first read, you know, your first your first book reader, you know. Yeah. <laughs> See me clean the kitchen, <laughs> clean kitchen, clean. clean kitchen, clean. Um, if you can find humor or playful te uh, tease or playfully tease each other during tense moments, your relationship might be stronger than you think. Hmm, the happiest couples are able to break the tension and re and recalibrate the mood by finding room for an authentic smile, silly banter, or a lighthearted joke. Yeah, we definitely do that. Yeah, well, that doesn't always work. That's because we don't, we very rarely take anything seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't always work, but I'll try to crack a joke when you're super mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing pisses me off more. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> I'm not so committed to you right now. <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah. Like, think about that. <laughs> not until you say I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm listening. I'm listening. Help me better understand this bullshit. Okay. And then the last one is something we say to each other constantly. It is. Yes. 
What do you want for dinner? <laughs> yeah, what do you want for dinner? No, what is it? What do you mean? What do you think about it? I love you. I love you. Okay. This is the simplest way, and it's worth reminding verbally to express your romantic love for another keeps the relationship alive. And when you say it, make sure you truly mean it. No, we say that a lot. Yeah, that's an easy one. I've even it's said, not hard to mean that. I love you enough to hate you. <laughs> I love you, but you're terrible. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so what do you have? I don't really have much. Um, I know I saw there was a lot of stuff about Clarence Thomas this yeah. week. Oh, my God. There were a lot of memes. Yes, there were so many. And uh, some of them were, were kind of funny. Well, like some, you know, somebody posted one about how, uh, you know, it's like, if only we could have known that he might not be trustworthy, you know, and then they had like a picture of Anita Hill. Yeah, I don't know if they've talked to Anita Hill. I, I I do feel like I saw her recently in a in an interview of some kind, but I don't remember for sure. But yeah, I mean, I don't really, I didn't. I, I there was so much news that I just said I'm not going to waste time talking about this, and it was like a lot of the memes are just, you know, they weren't even worth having a big discussion about because they were just too dumb. Well, what do you think actually is going to happen with this uh, Clarence Thomas thing? Well, I mean, I think in this new world we're in, nothing, right? I mean, because we, we talk about how all this stuff is known, there's no law. So, you know, if his own body won't do anything and, you know, he won't take any heat, you know, he won't recuse himself, then. Didn't he say that he, um, he, uh, Refer he asked some of his colleagues, and they said, "Oh, that's not that big of a deal." Right, but then that's come out to be not you know, like like what? What? Yeah. So, yeah. So he got caught in that one too. But you know, like I said, nothing happens. Maybe he should come out and say, "I forgive you." Will you? Can you forgive me? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And he won't even do that. So yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think anything will happen because we're not, we don't have any mechanism to make anything happen. They're, they're Supreme Court for life. And uh, but not, don't there's no ethics. Well, they don't have an ethics uh, committee official ethics thing. No. And even if they did, how do you enforce those ethics laws? Like there's ethics laws all over the place. If you it's it's like, you know, um, you know, the police enforcing their own ethics laws. Right. I mean, depends on the integrity of that organization, because, you know, no the outside people don't do anything in a lot of these cases. And. And so if the, if the body itself doesn't take any action, then nobody can do anything or doesn't want to enforce those ethics rules and nothing happens. You know, it's like, it's like the whole office of, you know, that, that whole office that they have at the executive branch is supposed to be keeping people. It has all these ethics rules, but it has no enforcement because the enforcement is that is the executive branch. So there's no enforcement. They can't do anything except write a memo. And so you broke these rules. This is not the first time in history this has happened. I'm sure not. I'm sure there's is it been the first time we know about. I'm sure it, there's though? been 
Well, like I say, with these norms, you know, because we, the norms have changed so much. I mean, I think it used to be if, if there was a lot of conflict like this, the, the person would either step down or they'd get sanctioned in some way by their own body. And, you know, and just this doesn't happen anymore because everything is, is, is partisan. So, like, you don't you never do anything against people in your own party. So there's not any consequence. I mean, look at Santos. I mean, he's still out there. No one's saying anything against him. And, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, what's up with Santos? Yeah, I mean, it's just an example. I mean, you know, that, 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 that no, nobody wants to take action against people in their own party now. It's like because it's all about the power and control and not about any of these so-called ethics. It's like, and, and we, the people, seem to not care anymore. Like, we're also telling them, well, I care more about my party than I do these dumb ethics rules. I just want the power. I don't want to let anyone else be in charge. So I'll let this person have suffer no consequences because I don't want to lose the power. And, and, you know, until the people start putting pressure on them to do anything differently, this is the way it's going to be. You know, and, well, it doesn't. Santos' own own constituents want him out, right? And how come they can't? I mean, they're the ones who put him there. How come they can't get him out? I I don't think there's a mechanism to do that. <laughs> it's just kind of crazy, right? But yeah, I mean, I think it's you know, and it's kind of funny because you know we talk about this breakdown of these partisan things and. It's like, you know, there's these extreme chunks on each end, and, and we know there's a big in the middle that's sort of tired of it, but they go along anyway. Like, there's enough there's enough power in these parties that they just go along or don't feel like there's anything they can do. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird. So, um, yeah. Yeah. The, the news is just um, sad. Although... We did see several um, guests on some news panels fight back on what is news and what isn't news. Yeah. So that's interesting. Right. But those people won't be invited back to be on panels. I know. You do kind of wonder, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I sort of haven't seen some of those people on any panels this week. <laughs> All right. Well, I got my... We got any other stuff? Um. No, no, no other memes were jumping around in your feed. Uh, no, not not nothing that I really wanted to talk about except for um, um, my uh, phrases that successful couples say and that we don't say any. <laughs> <laughs> well, we say the last one. Yeah, so I know, like, I know you're you're not totally freaked out about birds, but sometimes you get bothered by birds, especially bird feathers. But uh, there are two new species of poisonous birds that were okay. discovered in New Guinea. Okay, back up, back up, back up. We have poisonous birds? That's what I said. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. help, me, help me better explain. Can you help me better explain what you're talking about? Yeah, I guess it's kind of like the way you have poisonous frogs. I know when you said there's two new poisonous birds, that means we already we have had, poisonous birds. Yeah, we've had poisonous birds, apparently. Uh, poison in, like, what way? Well, they have, like, these neurotoxins, I guess, in their feathers. Yeah, kind of like they, the uh, neurotoxins Are they poisonous to you and I, or are they just poisonous to their prey? Or to their enemies, maybe. 
like people that might try to people, people or animals. <laughs> something that might try to eat them or kill them maybe there is that yeah i don't know the purpose of it whether it has to do with their as prey or, or as defense i think so i was thinking it was defense so you were surprised just as surprised that there's poisonous birds right and i don't know how many like like you say how is this bad enough that a human could be affected by this or is it only for like small small animals or how big are these birds it causes well they're like little things so they're like like i don't know what do i want what do you what would you call that size bird like a robin kind of like a robin something like that yeah not like they're big hawks or eagles or something. Why is she holding him? I know it's a poisonous bird. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's like the the guy who's kissing the cobra on top of the head. Yeah. Wait, I don't get it. So this is the first new poisonous bird species in discovered in over two. They haven't discovered any in over two decades. I guess the neurotoxins cause muscle spasms. Are they like jellyfish? No, I think they're saying like those poisonous frogs. So the poison of these birds' bodies and plumage is called Bactrachotoxin. That's probably not right at all, but that's what that's what kind of how it is spelled. It's an incredibly potent neurotoxin that in higher concentrations, such as those found in skin of golden poison frogs, leads to muscle cramps, cardiac arrest nearly immediately after contact. The bird's toxin is the same type as that, but I think it's less, I don't think there's as much of it. So it uses their toxin to protect them from predators. Hmm. And where they're in New Guinea? This, these birds are in New Guinea, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't think I like that. Yeah, it makes your eyes water, I guess, to be around them. Just to be around them? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So they had developed a toxicity to avoid being eaten. So I guess maybe then people start to see that coloration and know that they're not good to eat. It's kind of the idea because it's a little too late if they've already eaten you, right? But if they if you mix that with the coloration, then it'll threat it'll warn other people the other uh, threats that you know you're not good to eat because you're going to get sick. Okay, so you can't eat their meat then either. They're not like humans can't eat like probably like a squab or a quail or probably wouldn't want to. No, no. So I thought that was kind of interesting for the. First question that you asked, it's like, wait, what? There's poisonous <laughs> birds? <laughs> Who knew? Well, so now I am going to get political now. All right. On the birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we not have poisonous birds? That would be my first thing. If <laughs> we not have those, get rid of those. Yeah, get rid of <laughs> They're already pretty good at taking care of themselves. They're fast and yeah. um, they have talons that can rip you to shreds. <laughs> so, um, uh, we have a vice president. Don't know her if it's a him or her or her name or his or her name, because this vice president gets such little airtime, gets such little news coverage. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know if she gets any less than. Oh, it's a she. <laughs> any less than 
other vice. I mean, that's kind of the job of vice presidents. They kind of disappear. But she went, she did go to Nashville after those guys. Got, I know. And she got zero news coverage. Uh, she got a brief moment, but I mean, and, and it's a lot of theater. Well, but I mean, Tennessee is a, a mess. It's Tennessee is Tennessee. It's kind of how it is. Yeah. But, you know, they, they threw out those two kids. Right. I'm just, I'm always shocked that like, that she can, cannot get any coverage. None. Yeah, it wasn't, she's like the czar of something. I forget what, like she's sort of in charge of something. I can't remember even what it is. And you don't even see her about that because it's so much so that I can't remember what it is. <laughs> that was like her big project. You know, they always want to give vice president some project, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, you know. Like healthcare or something else, right? So, yes, yeah. What is her project? So, yeah, what is her project? You know why we don't know? She gets no coverage, right? She gets absolutely no coverage. But anyway, I don't know. But I don't think I don't think it's particularly worse or different with her. I mean, that's just how vice presidents are. But yeah, we should probably know what she's kind of supposed to be the czar of because I can't remember now. <laughs> I know it's true. We but do it, need to know more. But yeah, I mean that trip to Tennessee to me is just the classic kind of, you know, theatrical stuff. Like they just try to go somewhere where they might get some media attention and kind of ride the coattails of whatever else is happening there. So staying on the political bandwagon these are questions that we just haven't been able to hash out this week so dominion is going to a trial right the dominion case is going to trial against right Fox. and yes and the judges already said they're guilty they're guilty basically they did it so now it's just a matter of you know like they have to prove how much the award should be and uh, whether they were uh, malicious in deciding to, they, they basically, the judge says they already lied. You don't have to prove that. Now you kind of have to prove that they were either malicious or, or, um, you know, incompetent and they should have known better. And you can then also like, if they did, that they, they approve that, then also, you know, what should the award be? I think those are the main things that are going to be settled. So that, that trial is starting this coming week. It's coming pretty soon. Yeah. It's starting this coming week. Yeah. It's very soon. So um, where is that trial being held? I don't know. I forget. We'll so it'll be interesting know. to see how that goes. Because like I say, it is really hard to prove defamation, but they've just made a huge leap forward to not even have to talk about whether Trump really, I mean, Trump, whether Fox really did it or not. I mean, did did do you know blatant lying? That all everything they said, you know, that judge said everything they said about Dominion was a lie. He didn't even say like ninety percent. It was like he said everything they said about Dominion was a lie. So that's not good. No, <laughs> that's not good. No. But yeah, so I, I guess he'll be curious to see how this goes and what defense they can do because you know they have so many text messages saying you know, that they knew it was a lie. They have so many text messages and, and emails and stuff from Dominion telling them it was a lie. And to so stop. It's like, 
to, yeah, and to stop. So it's very hard to say, we didn't know. <laughs> you know, so I'd be curious to see how this plays out. And then there's another um, voting machine company right behind them. Right. Um, yeah, I forget what the other one's called now. Yeah, there's another lawsuit coming up about that. The same kind of thing. I don't I don't know if it's stronger or weaker. It's a, I, I think I recall that it was not as strong, but it also is similar numbers and other stuff. So who knows? I guess we'll see how it plays out. Well, we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, it's, um, I'm trying to remember the second second voting machine maker now. I can't remember. Oh, Smartmatic. Oh, so they're another one who. Yeah. So that's another lawsuit that the last thing I think that happened with that is the judge said it can move forward. So, you know, you always, as the defense, you always try to get the thing thrown out. So it just doesn't even, can't even go forward. And that didn't happen. And that hardly ever does happen on a case like this. So it, I think that's the most recent thing that it's going to the next step, which uh, is kind of the next step. Um, you know, is, is I think the same thing that Dominion's kind of in the middle of now where they start doing all this preliminary hearing stuff. So yeah, there's another one right behind this one. And it's a similar amount. Like I think they're swimming for a billion and a half or something like that. And, um, but, um, did you pour out all our Bud Light this week too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I probably <laughs> did because we don't have any, but <laughs> actually there might be some Bud. I don't think Bud Light. No, there's no Bud in there. No Bud. No, absolutely not. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, it's a very similar case. The other one, I mean, it's got a lot of the same things. I don't know if they have as much, you know, text messages and all the stuff that Dominion has. I mean, that was pretty crazy. Oh, we're back to the smartmatic thing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, the other oh, bud thing. Well, yeah. And it's like, we talked about this too, that there's these conglomerates own so many things like, Oh, I'll switch to this beer. Nope. That one's also owned by a different conglomerate <laughs> or the same conglomerate or whatever. Right. Right. Even a lot of these, what you think is a craft beer is actually owned by one of these large conglomerates. Yeah. But it's interesting. A question I have about that one. And I don't, I didn't research it enough to know because I didn't care that much. But that that thing is out there as a crazy, you know, meme everybody's talking about. The question I sort of have, is it really that big of a deal or are people just laughing about it to make it seem like a bigger deal than it really is? I mean, are there really people that upset about it? Yeah. Like a good percentage or just a few randos? Just a very few randos. Yeah. Who, who've now have who've now gotten the go-ahead in this current political climate to say whatever despicable, disgusting, hateful thing they want. Yeah, but it seems like it's kind of backfiring in this case, right? And it just seems like people are just kind of laughing at them, though. Yeah, but it's it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, that people get that upset. But I guess without social media, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't see all these people. Um, remember, they were, everyone was burning Kaepernick's jersey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, they, stuff that they loved and that they spent good money on, you know, the company doesn't do or the their sports player isn't what they think it, they are. And uh, they have to, they can do this grand gesture online. So, I mean, I guess Kid Rock yep. came out, but 
you know, again, this is just like media tension seeking well, don't forget stuff, what right? a brain trust that guy is. Right, and also kind of a media, you know, he's trying to become relevant again in some way. And so he's, of course, going to, like I was saying before, sort of jump on this opportunity to get in the limelight um, and just to be out there and have somebody talking about him. But, you know, and so, okay, so Kid Rock is mad. Is anyone else mad? <laughs> really? I kinda, it feels like this is the kind of thing that, like, there's a lot fewer people that are upset about this than they want to act like, you know? Yeah. Well, and that they've got that picture of Kid Rock here with uh, Trump wearing all his Coors stuff where Coors has been supporting the uh, LGBTQ plus community since For a long time. 1978. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll have to drink Miller again. And, you know, you probably can look that up and find the same thing there, right? <laughs> but, yes, yeah, that's I, I just don't know if people are really as mad as people are pretending like. I guess they could be. Kid Rock is mad. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Kid, Wah. Wah. Kid Rock is mad. But Bobby's I, I, not feeling good. But I just feel like, you know, I feel like the thing is blown out of proportion, you know. Cause it's like the kind of thing that it's the classic kind of thing. Like we, we like watching the other side be bad. So the people on the left, like are just hyping this up crazy and you don't really see that many people on the right talking about it. <laughs> so, you know, is it really a thing or is it just the left making it out? Like it's a thing. I don't know. Yeah. And I didn't research it that closely, but that's just kind of my, my that was kind of my hunch on the whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of blown out of proportion more than it actually is, but I could be wrong. No, it's the thing is, it's like, you know, they have, we have these uh, social media platforms where people can do their grand gestures where they right. drive over it or, you know, right. shoot it up. That's what, that's what right. Bobby did. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the things he did. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And you, you can take some kind of a, stance if you will on some stupid social media video yeah. try to go viral with your like yeah there was some guy that i don't know there's been there's been so many <laughs> there's been so many not with just this bud light thing but with other stuff right but uh yeah that's kind of all i had this this week because i was kind of light i mean it was kind of a light story in ter terms of like what memes that i want to tear into I, I didn't really have a huge amount no mm -mm. Let a lot of this stuff play out for a while. See what's really going on. Yeah. Me too. All right. Well, I appreciate folks jumping on the on the live and and uh thanks for thanks for listening. And if you had any questions for us, you can I'm listening. I'm listening. You feel free to shoot us a private message if you want. We can try to answer it. But that's I think all we got tonight. Yep. Okay, love you. Love you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, everybody.